feel like I need a shower. <laughs> I've been to Action Park. I didn't have a the the best time because it was it was very very dangerous and I guess I'm just not a uh, a thrill seeker. But I think the 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 biggest reason that I need a shower is um you know aside from the '80s sleaze and I grew up in the '80s. I don't romanticize the '80s. Um, oh, I can I can get into that later. But I think. The biggest reason I need a shower was because here we have a figure in Mulvihill who, one of those guys who thinks he can get away with everything, and he and he kind of did um, through these sleazy tactics, like just you know tiring people out, tiring the state out, so they wouldn't just be bothered by him anymore, uh, not being really held accountable for his his actions, going, I can do what I want, and I don't care about the law, and it's just unfair. And I uh, am not a fan of um, of unfairness. And then it just gets, you know, more serious because a, a bunch of people died, and a whole hell of a lot of people got injured at that place, and they didn't have to be. So it's just, it's a failure on so many levels. It's a failure of society in the 80s because, you know, you had the Reagan administration and that whole philosophy, I don't need government to tell me what to do. Government's the problem. I can do what I want. And let's let the free market decide. People can make their own decisions. You know, if you're a five-year-old, it, it, it kind of makes sense. You know, it's like, oh, well, you know, you, you put your hand on the hot stove. You're not going to touch that again. You learn a lesson. And um, life is a little more complicated than that. Um, it really is when you deal with businesses and when you deal with groups of people and then you deal with regulations and safeties and how those groups interact. And then you deal with, with death um, because of uh, deregulation. It's a very serious thing that, that could have been prevented. And I think it, it, was, it was greatly illustrated with um, the family of, of George uh, Larson who, you know, obviously was in great pain. The, the mother, you know, it just still carries that that grief like, like his death happened yesterday. And then, you know, the reason behind his death, you know, it, was, it wasn't the slide that killed him, it was the rocks that killed him. Well, it was the rocks that killed him because they were placed there after he got thrown off the slide that was there in, in your park. You know, and I think what probably made me the most angry was, again, just romanticizing it. It's now people my age doing the back in my day, which, you know, I... I vowed to never do that when I was a kid, um, even when I was a kid, because I would hate when adults would do that, and I don't do that now, um, unless unless I'm I'm joking about it, or unless I'm like genuinely telling someone younger, I'm like, hey, this is how it was, you know, without any judgment upon them. But it's always the, oh, you know, we left at 8 o'clock and, and we rode our bikes and our parents didn't know where we were and we drank from the hose. And you kids these days, you don't know what it's like to be tough. The problem with that kind of philosophy is that every generation before says that for the, the current generation. And it's completely invalidating. Some of it isn't true. Some of it is very insulting. And some of it is an insult to progress, is an insult to yeah, you know, maybe we are a, a little gentler uh, society. Maybe we are now a society who's who's veering more and more on on your feelings, and and your feelings matter, and and validating those things. And you know, I'm 44 years old. I was born in 1976. I'm the perfect age of growing up uh, through the 80s. That was my childhood. So yes, I experienced the 
going out there and my parents not knowing where I was and riding the bikes all around and, and you know, no cell phones and going to friends' houses. And yeah, there, there are pros and cons to each of them. And the key word in this is, is balance. So I would have loved to have had a, a cell phone, an iPhone or a laptop or, or, you know, back when I was a kid, I would be less bored. I was so bored as a kid. And I, and I understand that, that, that boredom, some parts of boredom is healthy. There's a whole Dutch uh, philosophy called Nixon, where it's like, you know, it's good to be bored because it makes you more productive. The problem is that there's no balance in that. And the key word is balance, because if you're bored all the time, which I kind of was, uh, it just led to boredom and frustration. And, you know, so so is it cool to, to just go out there on your own and on your bikes and not come home and, and just not and like having that freedom to know that nobody knows where you are and you can kind of do what you want to do? Yeah. At the same time, you don't want to take it too far to where, yeah, you can you, you can get yourself killed. You can get yourself hurt uh, if you get lost somewhere and you don't know where you are and you don't have a GPS or you don't have a phone to call and you got to walk in freezing weather. You know, cell phones could save your life as, as well. So... I am, am very much a product of of the eighties, uh its uh advantages and disadvantages, but I, I am not one to to paint it as a broad brush as an either or as something that was like the best and these kids today have to really get back to what it was when I was a kid because I'm tough. Or, you know, the the worst to where it's like well, I mean, the fashion was pretty bad and the haircuts were terrible. But, you know, I, I'm not gonna paint it as um as uh, it was um, hell on earth being in the 80s. It did have problems. It did have problems. I think the culture was a lot meaner, especially to um, especially to the most vulnerable out there. Um, you know, just speaking for, uh, you know, just about LGBTQ people uh, being most likely heavily in the closet because if someone were to come out, they would just be ridiculed and scorned. I just remember growing up, you know, the different sayings, like using the, the F word for, for gay people thrown about um, just as, as, you know, being that you're weak because because being gay meant you were being that, that you were weak back then there was there they they um they uh there was an equivalence of those two words and that's what the what the society was like so as time goes on you know just speaking uh just about lgbtq people it's gotten less worse and there's still such a long way to go but you know you can see the progress you know that that progress needs to change overnight it's it's unfortunately not but it's 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 getting there there's there's that forward momentum you know two steps backward three steps forward one step back four steps forward it's never uh if ever a a straight line um so but but back to action park i um I was there once in 1990, 1991, and I remember going. It's like, okay, cool, slides. But even, you know, I was, how old was I? How old was I in 1990? Oh, my God, I got to do math. I was like 14. So I, um, even back then, I'm like, well, I'm not going on that big slide where you can almost fall off. And I'm not going on that loop-to-loop slide because I even back then, I'm like, what, what are the physics involved with, with that? I don't want to get stuck or I don't want to break my neck. And um, I did go in the wave pool, which I found was dangerous. I was I knew how to swim. I was a pretty good swimmer. 
not not a bad swimming room, but but I did. <laughs> there were instances where I'm like, oh my god, I'm getting really tired in this wave pool, and I made it out. I think I was on the Tarzan swing. I don't remember it, but that was something I would have been on. I did jump off that 20 foot foot cliff, which was pretty scary. I was afraid I was going to slip off that cliff. Meanwhile, there was nobody. The no lifeguards were saying, you know, you can go. There's people clear. People were just kind of swimming. Um, I didn't land on anyone, and no one landed on me. But I remember jumping off that and it took a long time to fall and then when I hit I hit feet first you know there I felt like a sting um uh and I did follow the rules where I was like you know my arms were fine because my arms were tucked in so that wasn't bad I did go on Cannonball Falls which was weird because I remember it being very fast and very dark and not knowing when I was gonna go out of it it was very very fast uh and then once I got launched out I was fine and then I remember after I got off the ride, like, we were just kind of standing around looking at people, you know, being shot out of the slide. And there was, I remember a woman who was able to, I don't know how she did it, but slow herself down on the slide. And then she was sitting on the lip of the slide. So I'm going, oh, my God, somebody's going to crash into her and, like, blast her in the back. And she's going to be hurt. And then the lifeguard was like, what are you doing? And she says, I can't swim. So it, it, so the lifeguard said, well, jump in the water and I'll go get you. And the, the woman jumped in the water, lifeguard dove in and, and got her out. And I'm thinking, if you don't know how to swim, why would you go on the slide? Um, I remember going on the alpine slide and I did the alpine slide really, really, really slow. So no injuries on the alpine slide, but and it wasn't fun because I'm like, I'm not going fast on this thing because I don't want to, I don't even think of, of um, like breaking my neck or anything. There were no helmets or anything like that, but I, I didn't want to get that road rash that would just take forever to, to heal and it would be very, very painful. So I'm like, ah, let me go slow on this. So that wasn't fun. It was just, you know, going and breaking responsibly. Um, and then uh, we went on that that big raft ride, uh, and I went with a bunch of people. I went with people in my family and, and some friends, and we um, – that was that was weird because I remember one person that, that we were with uh, kept getting up on the raft and moving to the other side, and we were yelling at, at him, and, and that was somewhat manageable going down that. And I remember the single raft ride um, where it was just a bottleneck of people, and I'm like, what the hell is going on? Because someone could have been hurt. Um, I was able to navigate through that, and I was okay. I, didn't, I left Action Park without any injuries. Um, and it was just a place where I'm like, okay, I was there. Um, I really had no desire to, to go back again. I'm a big amusement park guy. I love Six Flags. I love roller coasters. And I think one of the things I like about them is the balance of, you know, it's a thrill ride, but at the same time, you, you know it's safe. Action Park, there wasn't any safety there. And then I didn't even realize the human element that was involved. Like I said, I was there once, and I felt, you know, I didn't feel... Maybe one at the time there weren't any miscreants there or whatever, or if there were, I didn't, I didn't see any. But but there was that human element where it's like, you know, people are getting wasted and parents included, and along with the kids, and I can do whatever I want, and then you know just just wreaking havoc, and and again with with no consequences and really not much accountability. Um, the only con- the consequences were people being injured, and you know I just I felt angry watching some of the old employees just kind of laughing about it now, you know, and I understand the, the duality of, you know, the, the 
Mulvihill could have been this really sleazy, terrible guy, and at the same time, he was a very likable guy, and if you're a kid, you're very impressionable, but even as an adult, I think, I, even looking back, would have been like, yeah, I don't know about this guy. It's, or it's like that, that argument where it's like, oh, well, he's nice to me. He's nice to me. As long as he's nice to me, it's okay. Um, and so, so yeah, so there's that nuance where it's like, well, if he's nice to me, it's all right. But at the same time, he wasn't really nice to the state. He wasn't really nice to the family members. And, and um, he could have made the park safe. And he chose not to. Um, and then I found it telling at the end they were trying to bring some nuance into Mulva Hill where you had the, the editor who sued him. And she said, I looked at all the charities that he gave to, and you saw the quote by Chris Christie of all people saying, oh, he's a very generous man. And call me cynical. I I think sometimes that people give a lot of money to charity, and even though that money could help, it's almost used as a cover for any bad thing that they do. It's like, you know, or as as an excuse, or something that can be, something that can excuse that bad behavior, and and I don't think that's right. I think if you want to give to charity, that's fine. Um, It's, the money is going to help. At the same time, your, your bad behavior needs to be atoned for as well, um, you know, whether it's through the justice system or if, if you're not caught up in that, at least try and, you know, through um, actual behavior and, and action and kindness and compassion, um, you can evolve from, from what you were. And, and I think the, in the spirit of evolution, which is what the, the movie kind of, the documentary kind of ended on, was that you know looking back on it it's like yeah i look at my childhood but it was it was you know it's it's both it's looking back on you kind of relish the freedom now but at the same time it's like what was i thinking i could have been killed or one of my friends could have been killed um and then it's you know it's it's trying to live within to live within that balance and yeah you you learn from those things you learn from the the rule breaking and you learn from the mischiefs and, and mischief and you learn what boundaries can be pushed and you learn you know well maybe what's considered mischievous now will be considered <laughs> normal I mean, mischievous then will be considered normal now, and you know it's it's pushing, it's pushing using the, the the phrase the Overton window. You know what's acceptable and what's not, and it's just constantly changing. Um, all the while, you know the the one generation will scorn any other generation before them, or any other different generation really. Um, so, but but yeah, it was just a very sleek. I thought the documentary was well made. Um, it was kind of one-sided against Mulva Hill, but you know, I, I philosophically, philosophically speaking, I am you know against people like like Mulva Hill. So personally, I didn't have a problem with it. It's you know sometimes I, I I've railed against documentaries that are kind of infomercials. Um, at the same time, I don't mind documentaries that are advocacy pieces. And Class Action Park wasn't an infomercial, and it was a little bit of an advocacy piece uh, on consequences and on the danger of deregulation. We saw it in Texas with, with that terrible 
winter storm where people died because the the um, the power grid wasn't regulated. So there there is you know, and it's like the, these faux rebels that are like, we don't need government because we're rebels. You know, until they get into trouble, then they ask for the government. So it's hypocrisy, or they have the means to to uh, to override whatever damages. You know, so if their house freezes, they can afford a hotel for a little bit, or they can you know hop in a, a car and and go to a friend's house and stay there because they have the means to do it. So it's um. You know, it's um, it's some people can't pull themselves up, up by their bootstraps because they don't have any shoes. You know, so give them some boots, and then maybe you can make the argument for bootstraps. But at least give him some boots. So, um, but yeah, it was it was a nostalgia trip. I'm I'm not a fan of nostalgia, not really. It, it when I go back there, it's it's it kind of reminds me of you know it can remind me of the bad times I've had back then, which I don't want to think about. But then it can remind me of the good thing times I've had back then, which especially now I don't want to think about. You know, remembering the good times, especially now being the in the pandemic for me. Doesn't make me feel good. I'm I'm more of a present or forward-looking person. At the same time, I look back at history to see what I can learn from it. But I tend not to stay there. Um, I'm just kind of a tourist and go, yeah, that happened. What can I learn from that? I experienced that. What can I learn from it? It's not like I'm, you know, watching old news clips to or old commercials just to relive that moment you know the only like old stuff i'll watch i'll watch old movies or i'll watch old concerts because i want to hear you know the song um and then sometimes documentaries made a while ago to kind of get a flavor of the time but um but i i don't relish in it and i don't wish to go back um you know i sometimes wish to go back so i can you know change some of the things that I've done or some of the ways that I've acted, but, um, yeah, but I think that's most people. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely a a forward looking person. And I think that's how class action, um, park left us with, um, you know, you can look back on the past, but then, and you can take that past with you because it's part of who you are. Um, but at the same time, don't let that past define you. Uh, keep on moving forward and adapting and, and evolving, most importantly, and evolve with kindness, compassion, and all of that good stuff. So anyway, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go evolve. So uh, I hope you evolve with me by listening to this podcast. So you can find me on Twitter at uh, MMAM Podcast. You can find me on Facebook at MMAM Podcast. You can email me at mmampodcast at gmail.com. And please rate, share, and review. And I've been ending all of these podcasts since the pandemic started to tell you, please follow... the directions don't be like action park in the pandemic don't do your own thing because you can you know you can get hurt just just like people at action park got hurt and the way the park was structured how it hurt people so don't do that you know wear a mask um stay home if you can as much as possible just go out for anything essential uh keep your distance from people Um, wash your hands, don't touch your face, and the vaccines are here, and they're coming, so it's, they're really gonna help, and they're helping already, we just, you know, I'm like number 12 millionth in line, I think, in New York, uh, but that's okay, 
that's okay. I'm uh, I'm healthy. I'm I work from home. I don't really go out. It's all right. It's all right. I'm I'm not that high a risk. So I'll have someone else who's a higher risk get it before, but. Once I have the opportunity to get it, I'm going to get it. And most importantly, or I don't know about most important, but it's very important to get your information from a credible source. Um, So a credible source like New York Times, BBC, NPR, Washington Post, USA Today, um, and the podcasts affiliated with that. Um, Don't get your information from influencers, and Mulvihill would probably be considered an influencer. Don't get your information from someone charismatic um, because they can lead you down a wrong and dangerous path, which uh, will not help you. It may help them because they may make money on your listens and buying their shirts and their albums and their whatever the fuck they have, but it won't help you. So use this knowledge to help you because knowledge is power. All right, so stay powerful, stay strong, and, you know, be kind and compassionate, (laughs) compassionate, and take care of each other out there. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, bye.